Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Vegan Food and Living's Simply Vegan podcast with me, Holly Johnson, and my co-host, Molly Pickering. Each week, we discuss the latest vegan news, taste test the newest vegan products, and speak to some of the leading names in veganism about everything from nutrition, immunity, and weight loss to recipe ideas and alternative proteins. We also answer your questions each week, so don't forget to email us at simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk. Hey Molly, how are you doing? Hi Holly, how are you doing? Oh, you sound all sexy this week. <laughs> Me? I try it all the time. <laughs> You're the only person to have told me that in weeks. Even my boyfriend doesn't tell me I, look, I sound sexy. Anymore. Oh, bless you. <laughs> That's not good. I'll have to have words with him. Please do. <laughs> well, let's kick off with the news. Um, everyone's been talking about this week and that's the McPlant burger so it's finally here it's taken three years I mean hello three years it's ridiculous Um, it's gonna be priced at 349 which is the same price as a Big Mac and I mean it's not even readily available now is it so it's trialed in 10 restaurants in Coventry seems a bit random (laughs) 10 restaurants in one city um, from the 29th of September, then a further 250 plus from 13th of October, and then finally rolling out nationwide next year, 2022. So I'm, I'm, I hate to sound a bit <sighs> cynical, but why is it taking them so long? I don't, I don't get the, why is it so delayed? Like, there's obviously so much demand for it now. It was funny when this came out on Thursday, I get like, um, news updates like google news updates and um every single like bullet on there was like mudplant burger mudplant variants all it was like everyone's so excited for it so i don't see why they're doing this like 
And also, I'm sorry, but three years and you've come up with one bloody burger. <laughs> like, what have you been doing? But the thing is, it's it's a Beyond Meat burger. So they haven't even developed the burger. All they've oh. developed themselves is this cheese, which apparently yeah. tastes exactly like the the other cheese that they have in their burgers. Plastic cheese. I always call it plastic cheese. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, and vegan sauce. Well, you know, these things have been around for, for ages now. <laughs> so I just don't get it. It's, it's yeah, it's pretty frustrating. But also, I guess, something to be celebrated that they're finally, yeah. you know, catching yeah. up. I, I just wonder whether they've been a bit... Um, hesitant to kind of get on board you know dragging themselves into yeah I wonder whether they did just think that like the whole movement was just going to be a fad and I think obviously with like recent things with like animal rebellion and stuff like they were so in the spotlight and I think you know KFC have got one Burger King have got one um like so many other fast food chains have got uh at least one plant-based alternative and they've got nothing so I don't I think they kind of to say like rushed into it isn't the right word, but because they said it took three years. But I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going on? I can make a vegan cheese in a year if you want me to. (laughs) Yeah, if you pay me, I'll spend a year developing a slice of cheese. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you do wonder, don't you, kind of what's been going on? I haven't been to McDonald's for a long long time but unfortunately sometimes um like friends will take my son there or my husband will say oh you know I'll treat you to a McDonald's and my son will be like all over it and then my daughter Mm -hmm. who's like really vegan and really clean living will be like oh maybe I'll have one so she has like the, I think they do a wrap, don't they? That's vegan friendly, but it's it's kind of weird. It's got sort of chili sauce. It's so dry. <laughs> she never ends up eating it all. So, you know, it's good to have the option there, but I don't yeah. think, um, I don't know whether I'll be eating it or not. Yeah, I think, you know, the choice is great because, you know, it just gives people an opportunity to not have to, even though it's, you know, processed fast food, they can opt out of meat if they want to and still have like meaty flavors, which I think is great. And it just, you know, can kickstart something in them. True. But also, yeah, it's not something that you'd be eating on a regular basis anyway, would it? No, no. But yeah, it's a, it's a really good option to have there and apparently tastes exactly the same as, you know, the regular burger. So that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, Waitrose also have some new products out. So they've got 24 new products uh, as part of their plant life range. I have contacted them. Sadly, no reply. So uh, you've you've lost some brand points, Waitrose. (laughs) Yeah, we need to try all these. But I mean, just to list a few, um, there's a mushroom and lentil lentil bolognese cannelloni, 349. Uh, They've got mushroom and leek sausages, £3. They've got chicken scallops or no chicken scallops, three pound. Um, all sorts, no fish cakes, pulled oyster mushroom burgers, three pound. Fancy trying those. They sound nice. Yeah, I think they've got like um, crispy, no beef, whatever it's got. It's quite funny when you try and like 
saying I vegan know. alternative names. It's so funny. It's like no moo, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that was no, such a bad description. No, no beef with sweet chili sauce. Yeah, it's like of? crispy beef. Oh yeah, crispy no beef with sweet chili sauce. Yeah, so it's kind of like some takeaway options, mm. um, but but cheaper. Uh, mushroom scallop linguine. Dauphinois um, potatoes, lots of yummy things. They've got some good stuff on there. I'm glad that it's not like the usual, I don't know, sausages, burgers. Yeah. You know, lot, like heavily processed stuff. I think it's good yeah. to have more of a choice. And just even stuff, I think they've got like a chia batter and like a garlic and herb chia batter. Like even that can be quite a, a hard to find vegan option. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, you never know which garlic breads are vegan and not, yeah, do you? Exactly. No. Some of them use I find that the sort of more expensive ones use real, well, no, not real, yeah. use dairy butter. Yeah, yeah. Um, there we go. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching my language. Um, <laughs> and the cheaper ones tend to use, I'm guessing, like margarine. Uh, yeah. Or, um, Sometimes those are the best though. A big yeah. stick of garlic bread. Do you know what? Being a student. Yeah. Do you know what? I can't eat it. It makes me feel sick. Really? I really mm. don't understand why, but I've just never been able to eat it. So fair enough. Yeah. Weird one. <laughs> um, well, on to an environmental story now, which you can read more about on the Vegan Food and Living website. And this is about um, the Meat Atlas study. Uh, which looks at the impact of animal farming. And it's revealed that the five biggest livestock producers emit more greenhouse gases than oil giant shell. Wow. Crazy. So, yeah. So this is a biggie. Um, so it's an in-depth study and it's basically concluded that producing a kilogram of beef, that's quite a small amount, isn't it? Yeah, I think kilogram. so. Kilogram. Think of like... A kilo of sugar, like a yeah, bag of sugar. Yeah. I think that's what that is. Producing a kilogram of beef takes an average of 15,415 litres of water. The same Crazy. amount of sheep and goat meat takes almost 9,000 litres. A kilo of pork, 6,000 litres and chicken, 4,300 Um in all, 92% of the global water footprint goes towards agriculture. 92%. It's, it's actually, you hear statistics all the time about obviously how dangerous agriculture, animal agriculture is to the environment. When you hear statistics, just, ew. <laughs> I'll get it out at the end, statistics <laughs> like that, it's just like, it's stunning. Like you just don't even know how to comprehend it and how it's been allowed to get to that scale. I know. And how it's not discussed as well. Like it's like, that was news to me to that number. Yeah. I think, I think it's just getting worse all the time, isn't it? I mean, I always, I always sort of presume that this is, I don't know, become becoming a thing of the past or is going to become a thing of the past, like factory farming and these huge scale um, agriculture businesses and I always sign petitions against um big you know uh, animal mm. farming setups that are, are sort of planning you know planning permission um and you'd be amazed how many you know I get sort of letters through the door about the developments in the planning for these for these big factories and you just think how on earth are they getting signed off like yeah. just just stop <laughs> these can't it's, go ahead 
it's actually I think because we're so focused like in our jobs we're so vegan focused we do kind of live in this echo chamber especially on social media of just you know all all of the vegan products that are being released and produced which is amazing and so many people like engaging in veganism but there's also such a still such a big investment in meat I think it said something um was it 145 billion pound is invested in the meat industry which is just like think of how much 145 billion dollars is I said pounds dollars as far as meant to say um it's insane and they in that report it said that it's only going to grow so I think we need to it may seem as if like we're winning the battle but it's still such a long way to go more more greenhouse gas emissions than oil giant shell and more greenhouse gases than Britain France or Germany oh um (laughs) just massive a few other key facts here so the use of antibiotics in animal, animal husbandry is resulting in more and more microbial resistance. Um, the leading producers of fodder crops are among the largest users of pesticides, which contaminate the ground and harm biodiversity. I mean, yeah, I could go on, go over to the Vegan Food and Living website and have a look at the infographic because there's loads of um, facts on there that will kind of make you think, oh, God. Um, and maybe give it a share on social so that any yeah. non-vegans out there can yeah. have their this mind the, blown. <laughs> this is the thing. When you put it so plainly, it's just like, what? there's no other way. Like, if you're in a position to not eat meat and dairy and all other byproducts, why are you still doing it? Like, it's just, it blows my mind, especially in the situation that we're in now. I just genuinely think it's it's selfish not to be a preachy vegan whatever but I think when you see statistics like this I do get quite passionate about it yeah yeah I do too um there's did you see the premiere of eating our way to extinction uh took place last weekend so I saw a few people that I've worked with in the past um kind of that have been involved in the film it's narrated by Kate Winslet and it looks like it's gonna be really good yeah she's great isn't she um and that's out in cinemas i believe later this month in the uk and the us yeah i think i i don't know the exact date myself but i feel like it is the end of the end of the month yeah i think maybe this 18th or the 21st of september mm. something like that so definitely go to the eating our way to extinction extinction website and have a look at that and watch the trailer it looks like it's going to be a bit of a I don't know. I, I do struggle watching these films. I'm like, oh, yeah. no, no. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard, isn't it? I think especially like when you care so much and when it's just your job and it's, you know, you fight so much for it and then you just kind of see it all in plain sight and it's just like, oh, my gosh, am I actually doing anything? Like, I'm, am I the only one just like shouting into the abyss? It's, it's hard sometimes, isn't it? But yeah. we do need to watch it because... I think we all have a responsibility too. It just, yeah, it does feel a bit overwhelming sometimes. But like they say, change starts with, you know, with us. Anyway, on to our reviews. Mm, what, have, what, what have Holly and Molly been eating this week? Oh, well, lots. <laughs> as always. Um, well, first of all, we reviewed the new Baxter's soups. So they've got a plant-based range and they had some out already, which included a jackfruit three bean and chipotle soup, a sweet potato and butternut squash, and a lentil danzac. 
Well, they've added some more, a spiced red lentil, a sun-dried tomato and thyme and a Thai yellow vegetable curry. These are 155 and they're available at Asda and Sainsbury's. Um, are you a soup fan? Do you know what? I have been over so strange. I'm so seasonal some, like normally and I found myself in the last few months, maybe it's because the weather's not been that great, but I have been having soups for lunch. Just so easy. And these yeah. ones were great in particular. I think this before I've had like issues with canned soup, like it's quite flavor lacking and a bit watery or whatever. But these ones are actually really nice. I yeah, I used to love Baxter's soups before I was vegan. And I haven't I I don't really eat a lot of soup unless I make yeah. it myself, which isn't very often. But the kids love soup. So mm. I always have tins in for them. I don't know why I don't eat soup. Maybe like you say, it is a seasonal thing and now it's coming into autumn and winter. I might yeah. eat more of it, but I really liked the red lentil one. Really, Yeah, filling. the red lentil one. The sun-dried tomato one was nice. I added a bit of um, chilli sauce to it. It was good. Oh, love, love a bit of chilli. Mm, um, yeah, the Thai vegetable curry is probably my least favourite only because I'm not crazy about curried soups. Do you know what? I am not the biggest fan of like Thai flavour. So I don't really like sort of like lime, lime leaves and like lemongrass and stuff. I don't know why it's so annoying because it all looks so beautiful. And obviously there's quite a lot of vegan Thai food. Um, so, yeah, it's annoying that I don't like it, but I'm trying. It's quite fragrant, isn't it? Those, yeah, those it flavors. is. Yeah, so go and check those out. Um, we also taste tested some cheese this week. <gasps> I know you're not a big fan of vegan cheese, I know, Molly. I know. I'm really interested to hear what you've got to say about these. But these are from Ilchester and um, they produce the classic Applewood smoked vegan cheese, which... The iconic. It is iconic. <laughs> that is the word I was looking for. I have, <laughs> I have eaten a lot of that cheese over the last few years. It was kind of my first... I feel like it, it's kind of like a um, a gateway cheese, gateway vegan yeah. cheese. It's subtle. It's very nice. And that to me is like the cheese that I would go to in the supermarket. Like if I was making a lasagna or something, I would use Applewood cheese. And then they've launched um, the Vegan Blue and a Melting Mature at Tesco's. And those came out in the summer. So what, yeah, what, what did you? think of the uh, melting mature and the blue so the melting mature was delicious I um had some of that we had like cheap pizza like oven pizzas and we sprinkled some of that on there and um just been using it in like pastas and stuff and that was really good and it melts so well and even on the pizza like it, it bubbled up well and then the blue so I'm wasn't the biggest fan well I'm not a fan of blue cheese at all like even when I ate dairy like it's just not for me but this one I had a little bit admittedly I did only have a little bit just because it's just not to my taste at all but it was all right it wasn't too bad it was quite strong and it was a bit tangy yeah tangy is definitely the word isn't it yeah I'm the same. I've never been a massive blue cheese fan, but I find if you pair it with like something sweet, it's really, mm. really nice. So I paired it with like a sweet chili jam Ooh. and um, it just takes the edge, it sort of cuts through the. Yeah, tanginess. I can see that. 
Um, yeah, I wouldn't buy the blue regularly, but I would definitely have it in store for Christmas for the cheese yeah, board. Definitely. The melting mature cheese is amazing. This is my new favorite, actually. I'm having and it's great even if you don't melt it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a good flavor to it. And again, it's not too it's not too strong either, which is just like my biggest worry. But again, I'm not the biggest fan of cheeses, so I really like that one. Um, and the Mexicana one was nice too. Yeah, nice sort of kick to it. Yeah, it was good. Um, definitely uh, a, a range that I'll be getting in for Christmas um, for the, the cheese board with some nice grains oh. and chutneys <gasps> and crackers. I'm um, so festive. <laughs> are you? <laughs> I'm feeling it, you know. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> I oh I I don't want to be there, but my mind is starting to think. Hmm, better do some Christmas shopping and oh, don't <laughs> all that malarkey. So I'm prepared. Um, we are going to start reviewing Christmas ranges, aren't we? And we have had some Tesco Christmas goodies. We have. Um, shall we talk about the Wicked Kitchen and Plant Chef range? Let's go. Let's do it. So first up, and this is more cheese, we had the Wicked Kitchen <laughs> Wicked Kitchen Mature Cheddar Alternative and White Wine Bake, which is £3. Mm. Um, what did you think? You, presumably you baked it, yeah? And, yeah, I baked yeah. it. And again, a little bit worried, but you know what? It was actually so good. Um, the like white wine, like subtle flavour coming through, it kind of, again, broke it. It wasn't too strong, which was nice. Um, I actually had it yesterday, so I did like a little mini Christmas dinner in preparation for today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I was dipping roast potatoes in the cheese sauce and oh, it was good. It was good. Yum. It was good. I had some like crusty baguette with it, sourdough baguette, I think it was. That's really yummy. It's like sort of like fondue, isn't it? Yeah. I wish I had bread with it. That was a thing, but um didn't have any but roast potatoes I feel like oh yeah that's still fine it's your Christmas dinner you've got to go for (laughs) indulgence it was very strange (laughs) so the other thing we were sent was the plant chef's portobello mushroom wellington which is six pounds um this has portobello mushroom rich soya and mushroom duck cell I think that's how you pronounce it apologies if I'm pronouncing that wrong (laughs) uh I'm not a chef and um so plant-based pastry and like a sweet and tangy beetroot and cranberry stuffing so that that gave it a really sort of unique flavor actually didn't it the yeah. um, the sort of beetroot and cranberry layer it was nice it was very very sweet that bit was yeah um it was it was very nice i find the only thing was because it's you've got the mushroom and then the sort of like sweet stuff not stuffing um like that cranberry layer it was a little bit wet on the bottom but other than that I did enjoy it and they had like nice little chili flakes on top which kind of cut through the sweetness yeah I mean they are I did feel a bit surprised about the size I know that they're aiming at people who you know might bring it along to a family Christmas dinner or you know it's sort of in place of the the main centre main Mm. um but yeah I did find that quite small for six pounds but I mean it's sort of it fed four of us a tiny bit each basic you know a a little quarter each but obviously that wouldn't be enough for Christmas day you'd probably 
want a whole one or maybe half for the main event you want yeah you we had half so I shared it with my friend and we had half um and that was that was enough and again yeah I think if it's on the day you just go all out don't you and you just want as much food as you can fit on your plate (laughs) you'll have a whole bloody Wellington (laughs) yeah and you've got to have some leftovers as well haven't you for boxing and everyone's eating all their sort of manky meat and stuff yeah <laughs> I want to stick it in a sandwich <laughs> yeah mushroom wellington sandwich yeah <laughs> um, and for pudding we had wicked kitchens chocolate and salted caramel cake there's no price for this yet apparently um it's literally so new so um did you have this one this comes in the freezer doesn't it you have to defrost it it was good it was good <laughs> I can't. I don't care about defrosting. It was good. <laughs> you just literally hacked into it, frozen. I just hacked into it. No, I did defrost it. Just let you all know, I did defrost it. Um, oh my gosh, that was the centerpiece on its own. It was beautiful, like to look at. I didn't want to smash into it. I did, but it's a lovely dessert option. Um, really, sort of soft and like a mousse, yeah. isn't it? It was yeah, so it's like a mousse with um, chocolate mousse with like a salted caramel layer. I wish there was a little bit more salt in the salted caramel, but that's me. I'm, I'm such a salt fiend, so um, just to my taste, I would have liked it a bit more. But other than that, it was gorgeous. And yeah, then there was like a chocolate brownie or like a sponge on the bottom. Amazing, amazing. I sounded so Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the Welsh. Um, yeah I would have liked a little bit more salt and also a bit more texture my mum tried it and she said oh this is good Holly this is really good so I was like okay well she definitely has a sweet tooth and no Mm -hmm. you know she's the first one to say oh you know it's vegan no it tastes horrible so that was you know that was a good um kind of thumbs up from from a non I mean she's a vegetarian but you know um, I just, yeah, I would have liked maybe like a biscuity, crunchy base and some more nuts on top. I wish there were more nuts. So it, there was like maybe 10 sprinkled across. Yeah. I would have liked it to maybe have had like a thick layer. You could crush up some extra nuts and put them on top, yeah. couldn't you? I yeah, mean, definitely. This, this, you know, what we're trying is the sort of first version of it. So you never know in a few months by the time it actually starts to hit the shelves. Yeah, that's they might very have, true. They've probably, you know, they'll probably listen to our review and think, yes, we need more nuts. <laughs> we are the influencers. <laughs> we are. Let's keep telling ourselves that. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, on to this week's listener questions. Um, yeah, it's, this one's about organic September. Are you aware of this, Organic September? Yes, I am. I do try and be as organic as I can. Um, It is hard though, isn't it? I find that sometimes it's, I just go for convenience. And I also shop in quite a lot of um, fruit and veg stores. So I try to get my veg from fruit and veg stores and avoid Tesco because there's lots of plastic and stuff. So I don't actually know if it is organic or not in the fruit and veg stores. Yeah, when I used to live in Bristol, I used to go to the all the local greengrocers. Yeah. But I don't think it is organic. Um, but like you say, you are buying it sort of plastic free there, loose. You're supporting a yeah. local business. It's so hard to tick all these options. I organic, know. plastic hard, free, seasonal, local. It's really oh. hard. Yeah. So what our, our listener anyway wants to know, you know, they know that it's better for the environment because obviously... Um, non-organic 
farmed crops are sprayed with pesticides and there's a lot of pollution involved, not only to the soil, which, you know, is um, a, a massive problem. The quality of our soil has degraded so so badly over the last sort of decade or or so but also you know water pollution air pollution yeah it's so basically what they want to know is is it actually better for us it's expensive and I'm unsure about switching well I'm actually a massive convert now because I've been kind of I I feel like a hypocrite if I don't follow my own advice if you know what I I mean mean. like I feel hypocritical working on the magazines that I've worked on and doing this podcast kind of saying oh organic is best and we should do this Mm -hmm. we should do that and then not actually doing it myself and I've actually switched to Riverford boxes I used to do them years ago and then you kind of just you know think oh I, I should save a bit of money and or you just kind of you know you stop using them for a while and get out of the habit so I've been using them for the probably the last year or so and I, they've transformed the way that I eat and you know feed the family they're just I absolutely love um the the veg fruit and veg boxes that yeah come. um so I'm a huge convert I just love the guilt-free sort of packaging you know because mm-hmm. it's all compostable or there's no packaging at all the boxes yeah. they come in I put outside the door every Monday they pick them up and take them away and they get oh wow okay um it gets delivered to my door so I don't have to think oh god I've got to go out and get some shopping because as yeah. long as you've got tins of stuff and you know pasta and things like that you can always yeah. make a meal can't you if you're vegan yeah of course do you do they um can you select what you have yeah, so you can select different size boxes. You can select like a UK only box. You can oh, have, um, so I get a salad box, a fruit box and a veg box. And it just encourages us to eat more veg because I, yeah. it's not even, my friend started doing it this week and, she, and I said, do you think it's expensive? Because I've sort of lost track of whether it is or not. Mm. Um, and especially being vegan, like I don't buy meat and and sort of fish and stuff so veg to me is the main event she didn't feel that it was expensive um especially compared to the organic stuff in the supermarkets Mm -hmm. and you know when you're buying in the supermarkets as well it's all wrapped in plastic isn't it the broccoli and the cucumber and things like that yeah it can it can be sort of a bit too expensive for some households I totally get that um but in terms of being better for us organic fruit and veg and even even things like bread contain over 60% more key antioxidants than conventionally grown crops. Um, Some studies suggest that this is even higher. So that's just amazing, isn't it? And this is the equivalent to eating between one and two extra portions of fruit and vegetables every day. Oh my gosh, I didn't realise that. Yeah. That's insane. Definitely, definitely better for us, you know, and, and not only are you getting more nutrients but you're not eating those pesticides because let's face yeah. it who washes thoroughly every single piece of fruit and veg they buy that isn't organic I'm I'm so bad for it honest to god I'm so, I'm trying to get into the habit of it well there's a list on the BBC website actually of things to go you know they call it the dirty dozen so things to go things to go for if you know you are worried about money and you just want yeah. to kind of go for the 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 key ingredients because when you're going for things that like you're going to take the skin off for example like a pineapple or an avocado it's not as important as things where you're going to eat the skin so they Mm -hmm. suggest uh the sort of 
Organic essentials are apples, celery, cherries, grapes, kale, lettuce, peaches, pears, peppers, chili, potatoes, spinach, strawberries, and tomatoes. So, you know, maybe that's a really good starting place, just going Mm -hmm. organic with those or try out the veg box. I really can't recommend it highly enough. I just find it. Maybe I'll give it a go. That sounds, yeah, that sounds good I really would and Riverford do like I'm not I'm you know I'm not being paid by Riverford or anything but they do like a 15 pound discount if you kind of recommend it to a friend who then cool orders one which is really good yeah and because uh, you've got these different seasonal fruits and vegetables it forces you to kind of cook different meals so yeah I know what you mean we had like a red onion squash the other day which I've never even heard of I mean it looks like a pumpkin but, you know, it just made us think, well, what can we cook with this? And you, yeah, exactly. you know, you're getting different different nutrients from these um, more unusual vegetables. Just quickly, then, second question is about ancient grains. What are they and why are they good for us? So do you keep hearing, I keep hearing about ancient grains, do you? Kind of. I feel like I see it a lot on the Vegan Food Living site because it's always like, like guides and stuff on there. But I never sort of knew what they were I thought it was a lot more elaborate and stuff but I had a look earlier and it is just like bulgur wheat couscous um quinoa and a few other grains as well I think it's like unprocessed natural grains yeah so they're kind of grains that have remained unchanged for hundreds of years because I think over the years with farming methods we've kind of like picked the crops that give the best yields so, mm-hmm. you know, churning out as many as possible. And obviously in the process, they kind of yeah. use nutrients and things. So going right. with these kind of ancient grains, which haven't been changed, things like you say, quinoa, buckwheat, amaranth, which, by the way, recently I tried to cook and totally did not I don't manage know it. <laughs> um, it's, ti- it's tiny, tiny grains. You know, you know, like with couscous, if you don't mm. do it right, it's all soggy or yeah it's a nightmare yeah, so I need to give it another go but yeah they are um they're sort of better in terms of flavor and nutrition and they're also better for the, our soils so yeah um they're a really good one to go for uh, one company to look for is Hodmedod, which um produce a lot of kind of um beans and grains that mm. are traditionally produced in this country so um yeah give those a try I've definitely been trying to eat some different grains because I do find yeah and to turn to like you know the rice same, exactly the same old things and actually so bored of it yeah and things like quinoa are so good for you and um talking of beans I interviewed Amelia Christie Miller um who I'll be speaking to next and oh my god if you listen to this Molly you are going to be such a bean convert if, if you're not okay ready. I'm excited <laughs> Honestly, I was rushing out to look for some like posh beans after I spoke to her. Mm. Um, yeah, she talks about the um, the campaign Beans Over Burgers following the National Food Strategy. Um, and yeah, just kind of why beans are so good for us and why they're good for the planet. And um, yeah, some meal ideas as well. So yeah, stick around and have a listen. Hi, Amelia. Welcome to the podcast. Really looking forward to talking beans with you. 
you can't really be vegan and not like beans, can you? No, I don't. I don't think so. It would be really unfortunate. <laughs> I love them. Um, so you're fronting a campaign that's come about as the results, um, following the results of the national food strategy, which we discussed in episode fourteen of season three on the podcast. Tell us a bit about this. Yeah. So Henry Dimbleby's strategy was kind of the whole thing I'm you know in huge support of and I was kind of reading through a lot of the suggestions um, and bearing in mind obviously that you know suggestions a lot of them might not be taken up but reading through and got to you know I was really curious in what they were going to say about both the agricultural system and also the reduction of you know, consumption of meat, which is obviously something we all need to do to, you know, um, (laughs) get there. And when I reached the section, you know, they're saying all these incredible things about regenerative agriculture. But when I reached the section around investment in the kind of the plant-based kind of food production side of things, I was just really disappointed. And after doing some more research, so this is specifically on the investment of, um, the government's funding, the suggestion into ultra-processed meat alternatives. And sometimes they might be slightly more minimally processed, but on the whole, we're talking about cultured meat. We're talking about um, fake meat production using plant-based protein. We're talking about anything that's basically processed in a way to replace a sausage, a burger. And as someone who is completely obsessed with beans and what they do for, you know, both the soil health of our of our of our of our farming system, but also what they can give nutritionally and just everything they are. I was just devastated that this wasn't being flagged at all in the investment side of things. And so after speaking to a few people, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, initially you're like, oh, I'm really upset about this. I feel passionate about this, but you don't really believe enough in kind of your your opinion yes you're like there must be you know they're probably doing something right and then after speaking to a few people in the industry my background's working with top chefs so speaking to uh, the likes of Doug McMaster and um, Gil Meller who are both you know very much kind of eco chefs working in that space Arthur Potts Dawson they all completely agreed you know why were we encouraging why were the government encouraging this investment in an industry which is already heavily invested in when actually there's so many more advantages to investing in the promotion of beans and legumes for both like the public but also the the soil and the ecosystem of the UK so that we can go into but um that was generally what how it started like a a passion of mine which I realized actually was shared by a lot of people in the kind of food sustainability community and I felt the need to flag it so that the government could take this into consideration when you know assessing which recommendations to take take on. Why do you think they included these recommendations for processed protein alternatives? So I think on some part it's based around a lack of belief in the public making changes. I think that giving the public a really easy way of you know reducing their meat intake with kind of recognizable meat replacements seems to be the you know the most straightforward way to convert the public and particularly those who are time poor um you know I do I do completely recognize that 
they have a huge role in our in our food future. I I am someone who is actually wholly supportive of what a lot of these businesses are doing. Um, however, I think that where we're missing the opportunities, first of all, this industry is so has so much funding going into it. And you know, a lot of the the businesses which you know own the, the, the that are running these companies, they actually have very expensive equipment. They have IP rights and essentially we're funneling more money into big food corporates because as soon as these things become you know harder for smaller businesses to own and recreate we end up making kind of a big food kind of industry of fake meats which is actually very inaccessible it's actually still very expensive um so they do have a place and I think there's already so much marketing going in to convert the masses into this into this sector I just don't think there needs to be additional funding from the government to to push it when beans have so many other advantages uh, alongside, you know, accessibility and what they can simultaneously do for our farming system. Yeah. So what what can beans do for the environment then? Why are they you know, a better alternative? So there's a really there's a really great film, which I think is um a good starting point for those for, um, to understand soil health called kiss the kiss the ground and essentially uh goes into how our topsoil is rapidly eroding and you know people say we've only got 60 harvests left before all of the the top layer of soil on earth becomes infertile due to you know high use of fertilizer due to um not having enough cover crops in there um and industrial farming systems and what beans are are they are cover crops so it means that you you don't need to till the soil as much which which encourages erosion but more than that they are a fertilizer they're a natural fertilizer so they they take nitrogen from the air and fix it into the soil and uh basically <laughs> fertilize our soil naturally meaning you don't need to use nearly as much synthetic fertilizers or if at all and in the future if we're going to want to you know go and farm in a more regenerative way cover crops and legumes are going to have to be part of that but one of one of the issues is is that currently actually no one even knows what beans grow in the UK you know people don't understand that fava beans and black carlin peas all of these beans which we've survived off for centuries have no market in the UK and that's something which I feel very passionate about you know in the future of, of bold bean highlighting these varieties and making them more um, widely known because on top of the, the soil benefits of those legumes being planted in the UK we also have the food security element, which is, you know, what if another pandemic happens in 10, 10 years time, but it's 10 times worse. Look what Brexit did. What if our borders were shut off? We, the UK just wouldn't survive because we have a very livestock based farming system. Um, we're not growing enough plant proteins on our soils and no one's even eating the ones that we do grow. So that's the kind of the second kind of fold into how they're good for the environment they can kind of help us with like food security in the future and and make sure that we're getting the most out of the 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 local kind of farming system within the UK so scary isn't it 60 harvests left i mean it's it's terrifying it really is it's it's a shocker and it's crazy how how little you know when i started 
you know, building a business without its core, the the focus around getting people to eat more beans. I did a lot of interviews with people and asked them about soil health and topsoil. And most people didn't even know what topsoil was. And it's like that topsoil is reason why we can live and exist and why we can eat. And no one even knows what it is. And we're, we're killing it the whole time through our farming systems. So, I mean, presumably, you know, what sort of beans should we be eating then? Do they all need to be organic? Are we okay having tinned beans? I mean, what's, you know, what's the difference? So obviously in an, in an ideal world, we should all be eating, you know, locally grown organic beans. But one of the problems with the, because we've industrially farmed for the last, you know, hundred years or so, we have, we haven't been able to build a kind of resilient enough soil, uh, all the cultures to actually farm organically a lot of the time. So there's a lot of beans that we actually need a little bit of, um, a little bit of help with to grow. And so organics are really great way of kind of signaling. Okay, great. Particularly if they're imported beans, I think imported beans can be harder to find transparencies particularly if you're going to a supermarket um but i would say you know buying buying locally also buying heirloom varieties so heirloom varieties um are grown for kind of flavor rather than yield so one of the issues with the beans out there even though all beans are incredible is most beans you get in supermarket if you look on a tin even at you know a really up upscale say waitrose you look at waitrose um organic butter beans or butter beans and they will say non-eu origin and they're all from china and there's no transparency on that supply chain it's it's the monocrop variety there's no kind of striving in the farming method to actually produce something that's that's beautiful it's more just kind of it's a commodity. And so that's what I'm definitely trying to help people move away from is stop seeing beans as a commodity. But that said, as much as they are, they are still all beans. I think the consumption of beans, that's what's so amazing about them is that you can get it on the dried end of the scale where they're super cheap, really affordable, can make something really delicious, nourishing, full of protein, soluble fiber. But then you also, for those that are kind of maybe don't have as much time there are also you know what what we're trying to do is spotlight the best tasting beans because at the moment most people have access to tin beans which are great but they just don't taste as good um and I think that's where beans are being let down is that people try a tinned butter bean in a salad and it tastes a bit dull it tastes a bit watery and flaky Whereas if they were to cook those from scratch or if they were to invest in, you know, heirloom varieties that have been cooked in a way which is prioritizing flavor and the the beans have been sourced well, they're going to have a completely different experience and change their perception of the bean. And I think, you know, obviously people who've gone plant based, they, they love and appreciate and respect the bean. But for the masses, they're like, oh, beans are rank because a lot of beans out there aren't doing the, the family of the legumes justice 
So what heirloom varieties exist in the UK that we should be looking out for? So I would say there's a company called Hodmadod who are actually a huge inspiration behind um, me starting Bulbinko and what we do. Um, and they spotlight British Greens and Pulses. They, they spotlight a lot of kind of rarer varieties. And I think the, the one which, you know, father beans aren't necessarily, can, can, may not be considered heirloom, but I think due to the kind of, how well they grow in the UK and how little they're eaten you could potentially call them like an heirloom variety you can get heirloom varieties within the fava bean kind of um but they but they are ones which you should definitely look out for because farmers use them a lot and um there's actually a brand called the honest bean go who are trying to they're creating things like fava bean dips and fava bean snacks to try and encourage people to eat the fava beans because they're the most commonly grown crop in the UK but then there's ones like black column peas there's also kind of varieties of lentils and actually um Hodmadod have been able to cultivate you know the first ever British chickpea and there's loads of excitement in that sector it's just kind of building more of an appetite and an understanding for what we can grow in the UK and also what, what what's growing well. I know you touched on this a little bit earlier but what is so good about be- beans in terms of nutrition yeah so I I mean everyone kind of knows that I think that I think it's twofold really like that you've got obviously the natural source of protein which is just so hard to find in other areas but one thing that I think is not really spoken about as much but is hugely important to health is the soluble fiber in there so Soluble fiber, you know, you, 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 you're finding it in a lot of vegetables, but your single most, the best source of soluble fiber is from legumes. Um, and soluble fiber attaches itself in the body to your bile and helps you flush it out. And what is incredible about that is that bile, when it builds up, it turns into cysts, it turns into cancer. And it's, you know, a huge issue that, you know, I, I find it hilarious because my beans have managed to convert a lot of kind of, you know, maybe 65 year old men who just hated beans and they're like I love them they're great but Amelia I've got a problem I'm having a lot of gas and I always just find it quite funny because I'm like obviously you're having a lot of gas because you haven't given your body for probably months you've been avoiding all forms of legumes you're just eating your meat you're having your two veg and as soon as your body gets some soluble fiber, it's attaching itself to the bile and just flushing out of your system. And that is when you do get (laughs) gas. Um, So that's something which, uh, you know, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't, I don't know a huge amount on, but from learning about it, it really got me excited about what we, what we don't realize about beans and, you know, also in the future and in the past, you know, peasants could survive off beans and grains because you get that complete protein. You're not going to get a scurvy. It gives you all the nutrients you need. You know, they are the world's most incredible food. And I just feel they've been very much neglected. (laughs) (laughs) I just love your passion for beans. (laughs) (laughs) So if you get gas from eating beans, it's actually a good thing. Is that what you're saying? It's absolutely a good thing. So be proud of your farts. That's okay. Amazing. I love that. I'm really going to tell everyone about that. <laughs> um, okay. Well, to finish off, can you give us some examples of some really good vegan meals that aren't a bean chili? Because us vegans, I think we get a little bit 
bored of that one meal idea. Um, yeah, some really good vegan meals that you can make with beans. Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, like, we, are, on our Instagram, Bold Bean Co., we have, we share what I call Beanspo, so inspiring bean recipes the whole time. And a huge part of that is because if we're going to try and make people obsessed with beans, you know, we're obviously giving them the best tasting beans out there, but also we need to get people thinking about how they can use them best. Um, And one of the most straightforward ways is when you're using good quality beans, I like to encourage people to try and see them as a pasta replacement because, you know, particularly when you're eating plant-based, you're, you're immediately like, Oh, you know, pasta, people are just like pasta, pasta, but as we all know, there's only so many nights a week that you want pasta and you're feeling like that. So, so for example, you know, say your favorite pasta is, you know, with uh, lemon, garlic, olive oil, and, you know, roasted broccoli. Try that with, you know, juicy butter beans. Um, that is just a complete winner, you know. Or, for example, if you are up for cooking from scratch, which I definitely encourage you to do to at least try once, there's there's this amazing recipe on YouTube and it's called Carla Makes Beans. And essentially it's this, in, in the US, they have a far better culture of making this dish called like brothy beans. You know, they make brothy beans frequently and they love beans in the US. Um, and what she essentially does is obviously soaks them overnight and slowly cooks them and constantly is adding, you know, a charred lemon, um, bay leaves, herbs at different intervals, lots of salt. And it ends up creating this kind of super rich, incredible stock with the beans, with the beans in them as well, really tender. And that is one of the most amazing thing, maybe, you know, make a kind of salsa verde to go with it or some add some kind of, um, vegan aioli and it's just like the most incredible incredible dish it blows people's minds so that's if you've got a bit more time on your hands I'd recommend doing that (laughs) that sounds delicious yeah must try that okay so basically you're saying you're not completely against processed like fake meats um but we should just be limiting them and prioritizing the bean over you know, I think it depends on like who you are. I'm not against them at all. I think that people, it's going to help convert a bunch of people who are still having bacon every morning. So let's let's bring on those meats. What I'm what I'm saying is that the government had an opportunity to invest in the encouragement of eating of legumes, education because, and they are honestly the the most affordable. You know, giving back products that the government could have pushed particularly you know with British beans because then we're kind of creating a market for our farmers who are going to lose a lot large part of their income due to the reduction of meat so if we can do if we can kind of tick off a few boxes at the same time by pushing legumes why are we pushing a category which is going to be you know dominated by big food it's already got you know billion dollar investors um, when we should be supporting something which is far more humble in its nature and giving back in so many different ways to the public. Uh, Amelia, you've been amazing. How can we support this campaign as vegans who love beans? Oh, too? that is so great to hear. Well, so currently we're at a state where um, we're trying to, we're kind of, we're patiently waiting for the government to have their response to the national food strategy, which we're expecting it around it, kind of late autumn this year. So 
we whilst on one hand you know we've launched the campaign we've got some press around it we got we had a petition which I can you know send you the link to what we're really doing is biding our time to see what the government come back with um and when the government come back and hopefully have seen our campaign and said you know what we're going to invest in beans but if they do take on the recommendation, which is probably a little bit more likely, um, we would love your guys' support. And um, we, if, when that happens, we will, you know, re- revamp the campaign. We'll be ver- very much ready with a bunch of kind of uh, people supporting and uh, a more, I suppose, forceful response to, to the suggestion. So, in terms of just keeping in touch, that would be the best thing. Like, give Bolbinko a follow um, where they can try the best tasting beans on the planet and um, also just <laughs> um, see what we end up doing, which um, I, yeah, I'd love to kind of share with your community um, if they also believe in beans. Well, if you'd like more ideas for cooking with beans, head over to Vegan Food and Living website. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it on social media or leave us a review on your platform of choice. Um, you can also email your questions into simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk. Next week, Molly and I will be launching our whole food plant-based challenge with guidance and advice from nutritionist and chef Lisa Marley. So tune in for lots of healthy tips and recipe ideas. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.